28 of the All the Books Show, recorded at the David A. Howe Public Library, where we talk book news, author news, and literary news, but this time in the year 2020. That's right. We yeah. finally did it. We're here. We finally made it 20 years past the most futuristic date, 2000. Yeah. And now we're just we're we're just riding those, uh, those. I was waves. trying to think. Is there? I mean, there must be movies that are set in 2020 in the year 2020. Maybe, but I can't think of any. I can't think of any either. Huh. Back to the Future is old news. Every it was like five years ago. Every movie from 2000 on that said in the near future, we're the there, distant future, yeah, the, somewhere in time and space. Uh, yeah, that's Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, but maybe that is now no. the first X Men movie, which is 20 years old this year. That, that's said great. Yeah, not too distant future or wow. the near future. I can't remember. Huh? Had a little subtitle. So it could when. be now. Sometimes it was in World War II. That's hard to believe. 20 years since that X Men movie came out. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, Michael I, Fassbender has aged incredibly. Like Paul Rudd? Well, considering that he was playing Magneto in the oh, year 2000. I yes, I see. And now he looks like he does that's today. A, that's a deep cut. Can you save, imagine? Save that for previously on X-Men. We don't. We have no place for X-Men humor here. Eric, how the heck are you? Pretty good. Did you have a good New Year's? Did you have yeah. a good holiday overall? Yeah. I did too. How was, your, uh, how was the end of your 2019? Uh, it was fine. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Went out with a bang. Uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk Star Wars at all? Sure. Go all ahead. right. Do you want to get into book news then? What? We're in book news? Bookmark, I mean. Sure. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I think we got to talk a little bit of Star Wars. We both saw it separately. We learned our lesson in the past, uh, but but we did see I didn't it. see Solo with you. No, you didn't. <laughs> or Rogue One. No. Not since Force Awakens, I don't think, have we seen a Star no, we Wars. We saw Last Jedi together. Uh-uh. Yes, we did. Really? Yeah. That's right. We did with my brother <laughs> and sister. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Okay. Anyway, um, I, I liked it, and I think you didn't. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, it, it definitely played on a lot of nostalgia. Yes. Um, which worked for me. Like did I didn't play on anything that. else. Well, Just kidding. No, no, that's fair. I mean, that's fair. I think uh, I think it did really <laughs> like try to tug on the heartstrings. I, mm. I felt like it was a decent conclusion to things. I, I, uh, I don't know. I was happy with it. I had a good time. I had a good time throughout. Mm. And when you when you sit back and you you look look over the movie and see the things they did and some of the things that were a little cringeworthy, you know, it's easy to be like that was a mistake. That mm-hmm. was a mistake. But I feel like as a as an overall product, uh, I liked it. I was I was happy with it. But you you're the opposite. Yeah. Elements or characters that you enjoyed? I mean, while it was on, I was fine. Uh-huh. But like every every like five minutes, I'm like, well, that's silly. Uh-huh. Well, that's stupid. Uh-huh. And then when it was over, I'm like, well, I have no emotional response to this film. Hmm. So well, that's too bad. Product feels correct. So of the new trilogy, would you say, would you rate them Last Jedi, Force Awakens, Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, this is the only Star Wars... Of, this is the only one of the new trilogy that I left like being like I just didn't like it. Hmm. So my I brother, liked my brother had the same reaction. I liked Force Awakens. Yeah, I liked the Last Jedi. I liked Rogue One. Yeah, but this one uh, did not do much for me. Hmm. I don't think I like J.J. Abrams in general. Oh, that's fair. So that's true. I mean, you've you've made that comment before because you don't like Super Eight, which no. is another very nostalgic yeah, like no. throwback sort of movie. What other J.J. movies you don't like? Any J.J. movies? Uh, what other? I mean, I Mission Impossible Three is fine. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is it anybody's favorite Mission Impossible? No, <laughs> no one. So Carrie Russell's maybe. What? Yeah, you're right. What else has he done? There is something know. else yeah. that I've seen. They're right? out there. Clover. No, that Cloverfield's not his. Technically, isn't it? Isn't it the first Cloverfield? J.J. Abrams. No. Okay. All no, right. Well, he produced it. The guy who did uh, something else. Okay. <laughs> did Cloverfield one. Well, there was enough. There was enough for me to enjoy the new Star Wars movie. And there's there's not a ton. Like everybody else loves it. Oh, okay. So that's is good. that true? I thought it was pretty d- divided. The on it seems like the major voice now, uh, as opposed to Last Jedi, where it had uh, one side fervent, uh, fervently defending it and the other side tearing it down. 
this one seems to be mostly the masses mm. saying this is good, and anyone who disagrees is a poopy head. You, know, you know what? what? Anyone who disagrees with me is usually a poopy head, too. Would you like to hear the thing that's uh, stupid that we forgot that J.J. Abrams directed? What? Star Trek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Star Trek Into Darkness. Well, I do like the first Star Trek. I love but that. But I did not like Into yeah. Darkness. So what's your favorite J.J. movie, then? What's my... F- you son of a... You've got, you've got a pair on you. So what, what would it my be? My favorite J.J. Yeah, what, so what is it? Which one is it? It's Force Awakens. For, more than Star Trek? Chris Pine reboot Star Trek? Oh, fine. It's that one. Okay. Probably. Yeah, you know why? Because uh, that was written by other people, mm. and he directed it. I see. And this is like... J.J. Abrams coming in, yeah. Okay, all right, fair enough. Do you know, you probably don't care, originally before they just started the path of firing every director they ever had, uh uh, it was originally going to be a director for each movie. It was going to be Mm J.J., Ryan Johnson, and then uh, Colin Trevorrow. That's right. But he got got fired. At the can. Hmm. Ron Howard was not available for this one, I guess. No. Okay, okay. all right. All right. He would have he would have quite a pair on him to come back. I for Star probably Wars. yeah. So um, there's like I said, there's not a ton of stuff to go with this. I mean, the soundtrack's out there. The novelization for the movie's not coming out until March. Yeah, that was the same so, way with last. I guess it's I know, like it's, a spoiler thing. I guess, but I honestly I feel like bizarre. there's nothing to spoil in this movie. <laughs> but I I don't know. It just it's weird that they do they don't have like any like side books or anything. Yeah, I mean, there's but, like a, there's some road to. Yeah, Rise you of get the Skywalker, posters, I guess. Which, yeah, you have that. Yeah. You have that. Anyway, yeah, uh, I saw that the the soundtrack isn't even a complete soundtrack. Is it not? It's missing. Uh, it's missing a few tracks from like big scenes in this movie huh. that they just didn't put on. I guess the same thing with the solo film. Weird. Which yeah, it's strange. It's like why wouldn't you just appeal? If anybody's yeah. going to buy a physical copy of your movie soundtrack, it's going to be Star Wars. Fans. Yeah. So, so strange. So, yeah, double disc it. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, let's get into actual books. Some of the books we finished over the break. I had to go through and sort of weed mine out because we haven't actually done a bookmark segment in three episodes that's true if so, people go back and listen for the past three episodes you might notice a little discrepancies because we did record those out of order wildly out of yeah. order like in exact reverse order yeah so oh, every now and then there's like a small reference to something that hadn't happened yet yeah so yeah key listeners yeah <laughs> yeah untangle that web yeah always fun to have bo hutchings with us for the uh, <laughs> christmas book club that's what i'm told a great time with that <laughs> you you didn't enjoy it you didn't have hey, a good time don't worry about it okay <laughs> <laughs> Trademark Bo. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I just picked a couple Mama here that, Sal. I, that I thought I would. <laughs> you know, I learned. What? Bo's not from the South. No, he's not. For some reason, I thought he was. But oh, that doesn't make any he's sense because he's like a childhood friend of yours. Just like me, yeah. But I guess with yeah. the name like Bo, Listen, and he read the Southern book, don't I be, just assume. Don't be put off by the title Christmas Book Club 2 because it's January. If you haven't listened to that episode, <laughs> go back and listen to it because I think it's fun year-round. Uh, here are some of the things that I read that I will mention. So leading up to Rise of Skywalker, I read a, a juvenile book called Spark of the Resistance by Justina Ireland. And this was sort of... Uh, there weren't even a lot of these. No, there weren't. Like with The Last Jedi, there were like five books I know. leading up. Yeah. I know. That's what I mean. It's really strange. I don't I don't understand it. But this was a, a junior level book. Uh, and it just kind of has the main gang of the, of the new movies getting together and going on, on a little low stakes mission. So it was fun. It was a fun quick read. Uh, I read... Gwendy's Magic Feather by Richard Chismar. So this is the sequel that nobody asked for to uh, Gwendy's Button Box. Yeah, that book was pretty much self-contained. It was. I mean, the Gwendy's Button Box, which, which was co-written by Stephen King, was really like a Twilight Zone episode in book form. Yeah, I think it was kind of the vibe they were going it for. Just, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't scary, but it sat fine. Yeah. Like I enjoyed Gwendy's it. Gwendy's life was like 
the story was done. Yeah, exactly. So. And so this one, the whole time, um, I listened to this on audio, and it was very short. Uh, and it just, it did nothing to me. It was just like, I don't know. I just didn't like it at all. Yeah. Like, it, you know, you kind of, you went back to the button box. There was a lot of familiar themes. And we had this element of Gwendy's magic feather. And it is just among <laughs> the most unnecessary sequels mm. Out there, and that's in a year where Top Gun Two is coming out. Oh my gosh! I don't know who that is for. It's one of the most unnecessary sequels. I said I don't know who that's for when I saw the trailer for the new Ghostbusters movie. Yeah, but then I recently saw the new Jumanji, which also. um, But like the trailer happened, and like it ended, and everybody was like talking and like, oh, I want to see that, and laughing. I'm like, what are you doing? Ghostbusters is a boat that I've just completely missed. This almost killed me though. Yeah, really. After the trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife, yeah, which is technically. You should think of it as Ghostbusters 3. Right. Not to be connected to Ghostbusters 2016. Right. I heard somebody in the back say, I keep hoping they're going to make a Ghostbusters 2, referring to a sequel to right. Ghostbusters 2016. And right. I'm just like, what is this world? Strange. <laughs> if we're in here. Yeah, I don't know. The Ghostbusters fandom, like I said, is one that's just never. I've never understood creeped it. its way into my life. I, I, yeah, I I've never really got how, like, Ghostbusters is like a franchise yeah. for people. Yeah. It's just a movie. What are you gonna do? I guess I watched the cartoon as a kid, Did though. You? So the okay. real Ghostbusters, not right. the monkey one. Not the fake one. Okay. <laughs> um, I got for Christmas a new graphic novel called Star Trek: The Q Conflict, mm. and this is about where Q basically gets all of the different crews together, and they have to kind of Q. compete. He mixes up the crews, and they have to compete. Oh. So it's kind of a corny premise, but Who I thought wins? it'll still be fun. Oh, do they all win through diplomacy? But it wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. No, it wasn't. To have like Kirk be like, "Yeah, all right, I'll yeah, just come on, seven of nine, let's go and drive the Enterprise together." No, it wasn't. What? I, I. It wasn't fun. You're welcome to read it if you want. Well, if it's not fun, I'm forcing you to do a Star Trek Next Gen spotlight, so that's, you're welcome to read. That's this shocking for, that you could get like Janeway and Kirk. Do you want to read it and then not have it be fun? No, I don't want to read it. You, 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 the Star Trek fan in my life. I know. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> Didn't find it. Just seemed. Do you not like Hugh in general, though? I do. Would your wife like this book? No, I don't think she would because wow. there's really no point to it. You know it's who would hate fun. this then? Who? My wife. Because she, she hates Q. Q. Oh, yeah. Don't let Q hear her say that. I also read Superman Reborn. So uh, I've been real lukewarm on the Superman titles post uh, New 52. Uh, and this was just, even leading up to what's going on with Superman, like what's this new, what's this whole storyline? And this was supposed to be the big reveal and it was so lackluster and so dull. It did nothing to to make this series work. Weird. I don't know why mm-hmm. suddenly the world just can't handle Superman. I don't know what it's about. You could probably look towards the White House and figure that out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what do you want to talk, do you want to talk uh, Frank Miller right now while we're talking oh, about people screwing up Superman? Oh my gosh! Frank Miller did talk a, about unnecessary. Did a Superman Year One, which I read a few months back, but I haven't said anything about it because I wanted your fresh take, not <laughs> jaded by my own. So, the, so this story is like four parts. Yeah, and each part gets consecutively less interesting slash worse right. than each part. Yeah. So like it starts out fine with this time in Smallville. Yeah. I'm like I can accept this. It's it's kind of weird. In its own way. Then we're like in the Mermaid Kingdom with well, Lori Lamarra. Well, he joins the military. Yeah, that's The right. Navy. And I'm yeah. like, okay, maybe there's something there. But I'm yeah. like, would Clark really? Like, yeah. he's like, is is just the way he like, Clark is just so hoo-ha yeah. for the military. Right. It's so strange. Yeah. And then, yes. And then a mermaid adventure. Yeah. With like a weird incest plot. Yeah. And then whatever happens in Metropolis. Yeah. It's not a Superman story no, anymore. No, it's not. It's all, I almost, it almost just felt like Batman v Superman. Right. But through Frank Miller's eyes, it was, except it didn't end. At least it, that movie had the decency to end. It's not a 
I mean, to call it a year one is insane because if you've never so read crazy. Superman before, like if you're not familiar with Batman and you pick mm-hmm. up Frank Miller's Batman year one, that's an excellent place to yeah. start, I think. This is terrible. Yeah. If you picked up this, you'd be like, so who is this guy? He's I, like a mermaid loving naval officer. He marries officer. a mermaid. Right. And then it's like, but then he leaves. Right. It's insane. I don't know. It's terrible. It, there's no ending. No. They just, they talk to Lex Luthor and then it's, he goes out to space. It's really, it's terrible. It's is he threatening a sequel? Among the worst Superman stories I've ever read. On the other hand, though, uh, if this was just a wordless art book by John Romita Jr., it'd be pretty good. Agreed. Because Romita puts in some of his like best Superman work, or best work I've seen in a yeah. long time. Yeah. So it, it is, it's kind of it, crazy. It has a really strong look. That's true. It's too bad. I Can you imagine like getting this script and be like oh no i gotta illustrate this i just don't understand why like you you look at the like you look at the comic book landscape and you think who hates superman the most yeah frank Frank miller Miller. yeah let's give him like a prestige hardcover superman origin frank miller and zack snyder team up for honestly it makes no sense they Uh, have a well you know i mean zack snyder's super inspired by uh frank miller's stuff yeah so yeah, well, that's the eighties comic uh, the comic books ended in the eighties, according to Zack Snyder. Oh, really? So. Well, uh, uh, so that's it. From well, I've read a bunch of more nonsense, but I'm not going to get into it. I'm currently <laughs> reading Riptide by Paul S. Kemp. This is a Star Wars book. Uh, There's a yellow lightsaber on the cover. Club. Yeah, yellow lightsaber. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and I've been reading through the Rebirth era of Green Arrow, and I'm up to Volume Four, uh, Green Arrow Volume Four: Rise of Star City. And I haven't liked a Green Arrow comic in quite a while, mm-hmm. but surprisingly, this this Rebirth run is is actually kind of doing it for me. Yeah, I heard so good things about it. It's pretty good, and and it he's got a goatee back, or he's not like yes. the weird like Silicon Valley. Exactly. <laughs> yes, it's Arrow. much more classic Green Arrow. Right. But they're also incorporating uh, just lightly incorporating some elements and characters that are in the show. Like it, it's not paralleled with the show at all, and those characters don't really even. Like they don't feel necessarily like the same characters, but they're doing, right. they're using some that the TV show is using, and, it, and it's hmm. it's nice. I think yeah. it's a nice a nice thing to do. But uh, anyway, I'm up to volume four, Rise of Star City, right? And we do have this run in the collection. So we have the whole run, yeah. Yep. That and the Flash. Yep, yep. We're current with both of those. Uh, and then finally, I want to mention I watched Watchmen on HBO. Yeah, you. I'm the one who watches, watches the Watchmen. The yeah. watches. So man. I read the I read the Alan Moore graphic novel many years ago, and it was it was. Yeah, you're not a fan. No, it was. I mean, it's darker and mm-hmm. and just not my not my thing. I like yeah. the mystery element of it. You know, I mm. like the whole like oh, yeah. the noir vibe and like whatever Rorschach's got going on. Like yeah. there are elements that I liked about it. Yeah, I never saw the Zack Snyder movie. Oh man, it's it's fine except for Zack Snyder misses the entire point about like the violence in the book. That whereas makes sense. Alan Moore is like. See, when you give a bunch of crazy people costumes and tell them to be vigilantes, they do terrible things to people. Yeah. And Zack Snyder's like, look how cool this bone is when oh. it snaps. Oh, I see. So Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the show is set like 40 years after the comic. Yes. And uh, it was actually pretty solid. I, I'm not a, I'm not an aficionado of Watchmen. Like, I, you know, I, I don't have some encyclopedia knowledge of this of this comic or the movie of course Uh and but i still was was pretty like i was able to follow it and everything i think you can i think it's better if you know the comic a little better Mm -hmm. i did have to like give some background for my wife and we looked up a few things Mm -hmm. uh, as things went on but i think overall it works pretty well on its own and is is a very compelling series overall Mm. yeah i've heard nothing but good things um, I don't think it's always like 100% right. And I think there mm-hmm. are some things that you're kind of left being like, well, what was that all about? But mm-hmm. I think as a whole package, it's a really tight, cohesive, like nine episodes. Mm. So I liked it. Are you, I, are you I can't watch it? anybody yeah, hit anyone over the head with a wrench I anymore. Okay. I'm done with 
Fair enough. <laughs> TV violence. Okay. I guess. All right. Well, that's it for so. me. What about you? What no, are you? Been you know up what? To? I did just. I, I watched The Witcher. Oh. Over over okay. the break. Which so. we're thanks to Eric. I think maybe the only library in our system who has the whole Witcher set. Woo! So that's cool. And it's all checked out. Yeah. Including the newest book, which I read, Season of Storms. Mm. Uh, this is a prequel book. It's not called Season of the Witcher. No. Must be you want it to be. I know. Yeah. You want it to be more than anything. I do. Um, Season Cage of in Storms it? takes place in between the two short story collections, The Last Wish and uh, Sword of Destiny. You know, you make fun of me for compiling all my like, uh-huh. Beatles albums <laughs> and being like, this is this version. This yeah. is this. Witcher is like. I know. You know what I found out recently? What? And it was, I read it as it was supposed to be like an obvious thing. The short story collections, they're collected out of order. Like so, within, like, in, like internally. The Last Wish, the the stories in The Last Wish are out of order chronologically. But 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 they're in like the order that they were written? Yeah. Okay. So like, but I read that somewhere and it's like, Oh, that's very well known. I'm like, huh, okay. So hmm. anyway, it, it doesn't matter. All you need to know is that Season of Storms, which is a new a newest Witcher book, it came out in 2013 in Poland. We got it uh, 2018. It's good. It's probably my favorite Witcher book since uh, The Last Wish because it's a contained story, but he does multiple things during the mo- uh, during the book. Okay. So it's not just like dealing with this one king yes. or this big uh, war for the whole book. He- he's going different places. He does multiple... Uh, he takes care of multiple monsters during this s- story. So this is more in line what I would like as opposed to those like five high fantasy political uh, things that I read before. Hmm. Anyway, Season of Storm was good. I feel like The Witcher is going to be the next like Game of Thrones in that it's a thing that everybody likes that I don't know anything about. I don't have a window into. I guess you can be my window. <laughs> yeah. You can be my lens. <laughs> that, is that not a song from the 90s? Let me be your lens. Uh, I read Among Others by Joe Walton, which is a fantasy book that won the Hugo a few years back. It's kind of a coming-of-age story about a girl uh, leaving her crazy witch mother uh, <laughs> and living... Wait. But not the Witcher. Not the Witcher. Okay. She's living in uh, not home anymore, and okay. she's going to a new school. She's learning to grow up, uh, but she's also big into sci-fi and fantasy books, and so there's a lot of that. It's kind of a love letter okay. to both the genres. Yes. It was good. I liked it. Uh, oh, back to the Witcher. I read this bit. We have this in our collection as well, the Witcher omnibus graphic novel. Yeah, that's right. We it's have it monster. because I it's a thought monster. I was buying volume one, but this is actually three volumes of the comic plus like a standalone. Mm-hmm. It's good. Didn't really change. There's a story in The Last Witch about a Striga, which is like a vampire monster that was also in the show, that is also in the first game, which is also told in this comic. I'm done with that story. (laughs) I never need to see that story again. All right. I read volume 32 of The Walking Dead. Is that the final volume? Rest in peace. It's the last volume. Would you say it's the final volume? Yeah. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I think I this would have had more of an impact on me 10 years ago. Really? Yeah. 2010. Yeah. 10 years after the original X-Men movie came out. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, just because, like, I was going back through my old reviews of the volumes, and, like, I was I was burnt out of this series years ago, huh. and, but I've just been reading it out of uh, yeah. loyalty. Right. So I, I don't personally find the ending incredibly satisfying. Okay. Um, Does it turn out they're not zombies anymore? They get, like, a zombie cure? Turns out they were never zombies. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that it was just a commentary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's g- glad that it ended. It's just, it just went on too long, mm. the series. It went on that too happens. long. That happens. And 
because that it had happens. this anybody can die mentality, it meant by like halfway through the series, no one was left that I cared about. Oh, it was all just like new characters well, that were great. like, you know, that's fine, but like I, I had lost like my anchor points. Yes. So Okay. I finished Mechanical Failure by Joe Zaija, the comedy the sci-fi comedy. Yeah, it's funny okay, the yeah. whole way through. I j- it's just hard for me to get into like the plot of like a comedy book. Okay. Because I'm like, well, this is silly. Yeah. But it, it was funny. I mean, I was cracking about, up like, all the, the way Martian? to the end. Were you laughing at the Martian? Yeah, the Martian was funny. It different, But that was very like, pl- the plot was the goal. Okay. I, it was kind of shocking to read this and be like, this is like really funny. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It to like stay funny to the very end. That's cool. Uh, I also read Star Wars Omnibus Boba Fett. Oh, it was a huge Boba collection Fett. of Boba Fett comics. It was okay. Yeah. I mean, it's from like '95 to whenever Disney took Do over. Do they all end with him falling into a Sarlacc pit? Everyone, yeah. <laughs> oh like, no! Not, not again! Um, they never address it in the comics. Huh? Oh, you know what? I th- well, he shows up again in Dark Empire, hmm. which was like the first comic after Marvel. And that kind of showed him out of the Sarlacc pit. I okay. guess maybe, I don't know when they... We've just accepted that. They must say okay. something. Sure. Maybe it's in one of the tales or whatnot. But yeah. anyways, some of them were better than others. Uh, I've been reading the, so like X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue. Okay. Uh, Weapon X. Mm-hmm. So I read those and uh, WMD, Weapons of Mutant Destruction, <laughs> which is the first appearance of Weapon H, which is a Hulk... Wolverine genetically like hybrid. Like they had a child thing. together? No. They finally, no. That, that will they, won't they chemistry of Hulk um, and Wolverine. Weapon X finally put together a, they turned somebody into the Hulk, but with adamantium bones hmm. and claws. It's okay. Just, I just don't, if I was Marvel, I'm like, oh wait, this is too much and is dumb. And now why do we have a Hulk or Wolverine? Yeah. It's just one of those like overpowered things. I, maybe because Marvel doesn't have a Superman, they don't have a good gauge of what's overpowered. Yes. And so they're like... Yes. <laughs> that could be. Um, and also I'm reading Arthur C. But don't they have... Is, what's his name? From like the... Sentry? Squadrons. Yeah, okay, yeah. Sentry. Oh, right Hyperion. Him. Yeah. Yeah, well, they get like Superman figures, but yes. they're just... They yeah. don't have a central figure. Who's yeah. Superman-esque. Okay. So they can just keep raising the bar in power until like things get too far. I don't know. Uh, anyway, Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End is what I'm reading right now. Okay. I picked it up because I wanted to read a Hugo winner after reading Among Others, only to realize it's not a Hugo winner unless you count the retro Hugo Awards, which I tend not to care about. You don't care about them at all? Because it's just like people last year were like, oh, you know what was also good? <laughs> That's it. Okay. That's the end of the bit. <laughs> I was You were really winding up there, yeah. and I didn't know. But Childhood's End. No. Oh. So, That's it. Okay. Shall we roll into some book news? Yeah. Okay. Well, I have to start with some sad book news. Uh, And that is the passing of Agatha Raisin author M.C. Beaton. Passed away at the age of 83. Uh, These books... Wow. When was that? Just just recently. Goodness. Uh, Yeah. Since since we've uh, had had episodes in the can, this has happened. But uh, the Agatha Raisin show on Acorn is doing great. And everybody loves it. These books, Hamish Macbeth and, and Agatha Raisin, continue to be i mean they're popular yeah. every year as they've come out they, their popularity i don't think has really decreased at all i yeah. mean they're still they're still a go-to they're still mm-hmm. bestsellers so these have been uh these have been really really popular all along the way um 
she's she's basically the queen of the cozy mystery. I mean, that's yeah. I, I feel like in a lot of ways she set the tone for that genre and mm-hmm. has been a really powerful force in yeah. some of the most popular mysteries that are out there for decades now. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a real loss to that literary world, and we have tons of her books here in the collection. So yeah. if you're a fan of MC Beat and you want to come in and uh, revisit some of some of her classics, we can certainly help you out. If you've never read her before, they're a lot of fun. So come <laughs> come and check them out. We've done some for book clubs yeah. in the past and all that. But you know, that's the passing of MC Beaton. Uh, let's let's talk about some awards. Nick and Eric the oh yeah, Golden Glows won or d- did a thing. Yes, gave all right. So I'm going to go won. through. Uh, we we were talking about this a little off mic, and neither one of us really have a horse in this race, right? I mean, we we watched it on YouTube okay. live. You, oh, you actually watched it? Well, some of it. Okay, I didn't watch a lot. All I, right. At uh, like nine o'clock, I was like, I'm out. So I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you some of the highlights. Ricky here. Gervais had a pretty funny monologue Did he? opening where he basically t- called them all hypocrites and like. Uh, you guys are working for Netflix and Disney and Amazon. Don't make a political speech. <laughs> you're working for Apple and, you know, you're, you hypocrites. Yikes. And then, and then you know, people are laughing at him like, they're not, this isn't going to change anything. Right, right. But it's nice to hear. They are. They're stupid. <laughs> well, it's like how... <laughs> what, I think, a, what a great intro I to discuss Kate the Golden Blan- Globe Awards. I think Kate Blanchett was one who, during the Oscars, uh-huh. gave a speech about uh, making movies uh, like actual movies, otherwise we're all going to end up in capes and everything. Uh-huh. And then she was in Thor Ragnarok, huh. so it's just kind of like, okay, mm. y- you ha- you have a you have a moral stance until the paycheck comes in. <laughs> You're really really taking it to Kate Blanchett. There. No, I I love Kate Blanchett. Best performance by an actor in a television series, mm. musical, or comedy went to Rami Youssef for the show Rami. I always see ads for this on Hulu, mm-hmm. and I've never actually watched it's Hulu. It. I thought it was Netflix. I don't think so. I don't know. Anything. Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge won for Fleabag again. I have seen Fleabag. Oh, she won an Emmy. Yes, and this okay. is the Golden Globe. Yeah, mm-hmm. for for actress in a television series, musical, right. or comedy. Fleabag. I didn't really know much about it. It's much dirtier than I thought. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you saw Solo. So that was a surprise. She plays the droid. Oh right. Yeah. 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 That's funny. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. It's a pretty dirty droid, too. That's, 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 a lot of that's true. Things. You're right. <laughs> Best performance by an actor in a television series for drama went to Brian Cox in Succession, Succession. a show that I know nothing about. We have it here in the collection. I know, I know we do. Best performance by an actress in a television series went to Olivia Coleman for The Crown. Mm-hmm. I don't know The Crown, but I love Olivia Coleman in uh, Broadchurch. I don't know The Crown, others. but I do know Crazy. <laughs> Thank you. No problem. Best performance by an actor in a limited series or motion picture made for television. Russell Crowe in the loudest voice. Good for him. You fan of Russell Crowe? I'm glad he finally found work to match his frame. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Best performance I'm by an actor. I'm for the stars <laughs> Seriously, you're I'm shooting a regular the stars. Ricky Gervais yeah. over here. <laughs> Best performance by an actress in a limited series or motion picture made for television went to Michelle Williams for Fosse Vernon. Mm. Michelle Williams, star of uh, Venom. Venom. Best television limited series or motion picture made for television <laughs> uh, went to Chernobyl, mm. which your wife, past guest to the show, Kendra Mickles, big fan of the show. Yeah, yeah, correct? she mm-hmm. she thought. I mean, I think last when it was airing, it was technically the highest rated show ever. Not, really, not ratings wise, but like critically, oh, there had never okay. been a show that had like wow done as well. Best performance by an actress in a supporting role in a series, limited series, or motion picture made for television is Patricia Arquette for The Act. Best mm. performance by an actor in the same category went to Stellan Skarsgård for Chernobyl. Chernobyl. 
Best television series drama went to, here are the nominees, Big Little Lies, uh, uh, The Crown, uh, Killing Eve, yep. Morning Show, oh. and Succession. Do you know who won? Succession? You're right. Mm. Best television series musical or comedy, Barry, Fleabag, The Kaminsky Method, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, and The Politician. Do you know who won? I don't remember. Fleabag. Oh, okay. Movies. Best motion picture musical or comedy, uh, Dolomite Is My Name, <laughs> Rocket Man, Knives Out, mm-hmm. Jojo Rabbit, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What would you have given it to? Out of that? Yeah. Jeez, I don't know. Dolomite's a well-made movie. Yeah. I gotta I, say. I don't know. But the musical I mean, so is Knives Out. You know? It's so strange. The winner was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. You happy with that? Sure. You feel it, good about that? I enjoyed that movie about 50 to 75% of the time. Not bad. Yeah. Best motion picture drama. Oh. Uh, the, the nominees include The Irishman, which we saw. Mm-hmm. I like that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Marriage Story, 1917, Joker, and The Two Popes. Joker and the Two Popes is not one title. It's two. Joker and the Two Popes. Yeah. Uh, the winner was 1917, which I do want to see. Really? That's, wow. That's high on my list. Uh, Ricky Gervais had a, another funny joke where he said they were going to show a clip, a short clip from The Irishman. Mm-hmm. It's only 88 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> so. Best motion picture foreign language went to Parasite, which I've been hearing a ton about. Yeah, Parasite. I still have to see it, but it's going to be on DVD here soon. Okay. So. Best screenplay motion picture went to uh, Quentin Tarantino in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Best original song went to "I'm Gonna Love Me Again" from Rocket Man. Yeah, it's an original song Elton John wrote for the movie. Okay, that's so. kind of meta. Best yeah. original score went to the score for Joker. Hildur Gutenotter mm-hmm. uh, wrote that one. Best actor in a supporting role in any motion picture, so just any. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We had Tom Hanks for "A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood," Anthony Hopkins for "The Two Popes," Al Pacino and Joe Pesci both for "The Irishman," and the winner was Brad Pitt. In what? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hmm. Weird. Best actress in a supporting role. Nominees include Kathy Bates, Annette Benning, Jennifer Lopez, Margot Robbie. But the winner was Laura Dern for Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. My, the marriage uh, story. My wife, as you said, past guest of the show. Yes, Kendra. Has been making some dangerous mistakes by constantly saying, look, it's Laura Linney. When oh, pointing at Laura Dern. No. And I was like, this oh, is not no. a fun thing you're doing. That's not this fun. This is unhealthy. Is she doing it on purpose or not? No. She just, oh. or, you know what she called Laura Dern one time? What? She said Laura Linney. I was like, no, that's not Laura Linney. She's like, oh, I meant the other Laura. And I was like, get out. You were, <laughs> get out right You now. weren't a fan. Okay. Best actor in a motion picture musical or comedy. Uh, nominees include Daniel Craig, Roman Griffith Davis, Leonardo DiCaprio, Eddie Murphy. But the winner was Taron Egerton for Rocket Man. I think Eddie Didn't, Murphy deserved uh, to win. Rami Malek win the Oscar for actor for did Bohemian. He? I I hope thought he that's did. Not true, but no, it I think that's what right. happened. Best motion picture animated, Frozen mm-hmm. Two. How to Train Your Really? They're still making How to Train Your this Dragon. This was the third movies. one. This was the oh last. My gosh, one. How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World, Missing Link, Toy Story Four, and The Lion King. Suddenly, it's not the live action yeah. Lion King. Yeah, it's, it's animated. The animated yeah, Lion they know King. what's up. I thought Toy Story Four was great. Yeah. I thought I had no desire to see another Toy Story movie, and that completely yeah. won me over. Yeah. So Turned out Toy Story 4 was the real Missing Link. I guess so. One? Missing Link 1, which I, yeah. did I haven't any, seen it. Did anybody like that? I guess I didn't really hear anything. Golden Globes did. Okay. Best actor in a motion picture for drama. Is goal, it's Missing Link, I think, is the like the Wallace and Gromit uh, group. Okay. So usually they, right. their stuff's always good. Did Best you see actor. Away? No. It's pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> Best actor in a motion picture, the nominees include Christian Bale, Antonio Banderas, Adam Driver, Joaquin Phoenix, and Jonathan Price. The winner, Joaquin Phoenix for the Joker. Did Heath Ledger also win for the Joker? He won an, uh, an Academy an, Award? He won a like 
posthumous award. Right. Boy, somewhere Jack Nicholson is like, come on, man. You know, <laughs> he's not he's not yeah. happy. Best Actress in a Motion Picture. Uh, Cynthia Arrivo for Harriet. Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story. Saoirse Ronan for Little Women. Charlize Theron for Bombshell. And the winner was Renee Zellweger for Judy. Oh, yeah. Best Actress Judy, in a Motion Picture, Judy, Musical, Judy, or Comedy. Judy, Judy. There's a lot of these. Uh, Aquafina, Anna de Armas, Kate Blanchett. Oh, look out. Don't yell at her. Uh, <laughs> Beanie Feldstein, Emma Thompson. And the winner was Aquafina for The Farewell. Hmm. Best Director in a Motion Picture went to Sam Mendes for 1917. <laughs> and that's it for this year's Golden Globes. Yeah. You know what other awards are coming out pretty soon? That's the Youth Media Awards. Mm. Last year, you and I were actually in Seattle to yeah. watch it happen live. Yeah. Here, we're just going to have to read it. We were too tired. We're just going to have to read I, it like schlubs. So much walking. I know. So much walking in the cold. I know. So much, yeah, so much cold walking yeah. that not even Emilio Estevez yeah. could, could make it. It was always. Tired. I had to buy new shoes. Too cold to enjoy walking, but not cold enough to like bundle up. Yeah. It was strange. It was. Very windy. It's, strange, it's the Windy City. A strange that's what they call Seattle. Time. I don't think that's The it. Windy City by I the don't Sea. Think so. I don't think so. Let's look at the old New York Times bestseller list, my friend. All right. It's been a while, so maybe there's change. Maybe there's new things. Maybe there's new or old things. You're not sure? I, I know the answer. Do oh. you want me to tell you now? <sighs> Nothing new. Really? Yeah. In the three weeks it's been since we've done this. All right. uh, number 10 is I The have... Dutch House by right. Ann Patchett. Ann Patchett. Number nine is Twisted 26 by Janet Ivanovich. Snore. Number eight is The Water Dancer by Ty Nahisi Coates. I do want to read that. Number seven, A Minute to Midnight by David Baldacci. Nope. Number six, Blue Moon by Lee Child. No thanks. Number five, The Testaments by Margaret Atwood. Pass. Number four, Crisscross by James Patterson. Probably Number someday. three, A Big Old Coal in Somebody's Stocking, The Institute by Stephen King. Uh. Number two, The Guardians by John Grisham. And number one, Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Crawdads Owens. is back? Yeah. Oh. I tell you what. This was some Christmas sh- Christmas shopping right yeah. here. Some Christmas. <laughs> I wasn't BS. sure what you were going to say yeah, when you I started <laughs> there. I was, we almost lost our clean rating. Yeah. You know what we didn't do at the top of the show? Say what our topic today was going to be. Is Oh, would, yeah. Would you care to tell them? Yeah. Well, speaking of the Golden Globes. Yes. Uh, movies come out every year. That's true. And 2020 is going to be no exception. Provided we make it all the way to 2020. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. With the way the world is... We're in 2020 right now. Have you seen right the now. news today? Oh, I, boy. Okay. All right. That's a all song. Right. I know. Oh, okay. I know. I just wanted to stop you before things got... <laughs> from un- quoting... A unpleasant. Um, but anyway, we're going to be talking about the page-to-screen adaptations that are coming out That's in 2020. Uh, 20 years ago was the year 2000. It was a bad year for movies. If you look back, there's some highlights for me specifically, mm-hmm. Gladiator and uh, X-Men. But you look through that year, and it's like Gone in 60 Seconds, the Nicolas Cage one. All right. Yeah. Perfect Storm. Mission Impossible 2. Um, and so like those were I like, saw that in theaters. Yeah, I remember it very yeah, clear. Those yeah. were the big summer movies. <laughs> so like that was rough. But 2010 was pretty good. I think that was the year we got. Oh, you know what? I might be wrong. I might be thinking 2011. When did Toy Story th- 3 come out? I don't know. Look, the point is, the tens can sometimes be a little iffy. Mm-hmm. It's the change of a decade. I read uh, Matthew Vaughn once said that a decade doesn't really start to take its like pop culture shape until about a little bit past the halfway point. It's mm. so like uh, woo, 2026 and 2027. We'll yeah. know what the 2020s are about. Okay. All right. So, so in, in about 2006, were you like, oh, no. 
<laughs> yeah. I, oh well, no! I think we knew. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. X Men: okay. The Last Stand. Yeah. The third Pirates movie. Yeah. We we knew what what decade we were hey, in. Hey, I appreciate you not saying Superman Returns. Oh yeah. Thanks for keeping that what off the list just for decade. me. All right, so let's look. Uh, I'm going to be pulling some here from DeadGoodBooks.co.uk. Uh, they've they've got a nice list hey, here that encompasses. Quite I guess a few you could things, say but. our foresight is 2020. Ah. Okay. Are there any? Let me ask you this first. Are there any that you're actually excited about? Are there any of these page-to-screen adaptations that you know of that are that you're excited about? Oh, I don't. Because I asked you this the other day, and it was yeah. a real downer. I asked you. Did you, you just call this morning the other day? Was that today? That was today. No. Uh, look, I'm not really excited I for anything know. coming out this year. I know. Movie-wise, I yeah. went through the list, and there's just like, I think. Not excited. I think 2019 had some real disappointments from for me, and. Uh, 2020 i'm just i'm i'm hoping to be surprised wonder I woman like, i guess wonder woman is the one yeah, that's true wonder for. woman's exciting i really feel like we're in this place now where nothing would surprise me as far as like movies that came out like you want a sequel to the johnny depp charlie and the chocolate factory you got it you mm. know what i mean like nothing yeah. like that would would surprise me why don't we start with uh why don't we start with the superhero movies that are coming out oh all right well all right. so first uh, up we have the birds, birds of, of prey. prey i'm not gonna say that subtitle birds of prey don't and the wacky i'm not gonna say tabacky it's fun not, time it's not party right. no. zone with Harley Quinn played by Margot Robbie. That's right. Why didn't you just make a Harley Quinn movie? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, so it is. It's Harley Quinn as Margot or Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. We have Journey Harley Smollett Quinn Bell as Margot Robbie as the Black Canary. Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. Rosie Perez as the Question, and Ewan McGregor as Black Mask. And that's fun casting. I am a little excited about that. A Birds of Prey, of course, a, a long-running popular series. The the, yeah. the core group usually is Batgirl slash Oracle, Barbara Gordon, yeah. with Black Canary and Huntress. So mm-hmm. Harley Quinn being in there is... I guess it's just like... Is whatever if, it is, I guess. If I was super stoked for like a uh, a Fantastic Four movie, but it was called like Fantastic Four and Deadpool's wacky, tabacky, right. fun time party zone yeah. adventure. You wouldn't be that thrilled. Yeah. Though I don't know in what universe I'm super excited for this Fantastic yeah, Four I wonder, movie. You said that and I was curious. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Birds of Prey is coming out in February. Uh, and then, dare I say, uh, I know you're gonna, I know you're gonna take issue with this, but the New Mutants is scheduled for April third, twenty twenty. Again, I it was scheduled at one point for twenty eighteen. Yeah. Do you remember twenty eighteen was supposed to be like the year of like X Men movies? Yeah, we were gonna get Deadpool two, yeah. New Mutants, and uh, Dark Phoenix. Yeah, and it all fell apart in yeah, our hands. It sure did. <laughs> it sure did. So yes, yeah, they keep I won't pushing it, it back. It apparently it's gonna be in theaters. The reshoots they said they were gonna do to make it scarier never took place. So, I don't know what we're getting. Just put it out. Just, just please. It's like I've heard. I've heard rumors that they've kind of removed everything that ties it to the X Men yeah. movies to make it sit a little better. I don't know what for that's supposed to do wanted. for me. I don't know. At I don't this know point, it's like just take Old Yeller out back to the shed, put a bullet in yeah. him, so we can just live our GD lives without Old Yeller. We have Marvel is putting out Black Widow. Yeah, that looks that's good. Coming out May first. Yeah, I don't know if that's based on any particular Black Widow story. There's, I haven't seen. There's a few I can't remember the writer that came out in like 2004 that were very good that dealt with her um, her her past and everything and I'm I'm not sure if that's it so okay it might just be like elements just in a, of yeah Black Widow story same with in. And Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out yeah uh, in June exciting. of 2020 I am excited about that again I don't think that's based on any existing Wonder Woman story though no I, think that's I just mean Brother Eyes in it characters so um, is that weird Jared Leto uh, Movie Morbius movie? Morbius. Is that this year? I think so. Oh, oh. I think that and Venom are supposed to be this year. No, Venom. Not Venom. There's no Venom 2. Oh, oh wait. Is Venom 2 this year? Collider lists Venom 2 is coming out October 2nd. Oh, okay. 2020. 
Well, I don't know. I guess I'm weirdly interested to see what happens with that. Yeah. Bringing in Woody Harrelson as Carnage. We'll yeah. see. And then finally, we have The Eternals, a Marvel movie coming out November yeah. 6, 2020. So of those, what, you, what are you most excited about? Wonder Woman. Yeah, me too. Wonder Woman 1984, or as I'll call it, Wonder Woman 2020. Yeah. Wonder Woman 1984, yes. And I am excited if New Mutants ever happens, because I, I mean, those X-Men movies, I just love. And so if New Mutants comes out and has any kind of that feel, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating New Mutants. How about that? I haven't even watched the trailer. Okay. I can't. I can't do this anymore. And you know what? I was real like, we don't need a Black Widow movie after like the story arc of that character. Yeah. But the previews kind of did it for me. Yeah. I was kind of interested in it. So yeah. who knows? But anyway, that's, uh, that's Page to Screen Superhero Edition. So <laughs> let's take a look at some of the other things that are coming your way. Okay. My way. Yeah, you got anything you want to mention? Uh, the Rhythm Section by Mark Burnell is being turned into a movie yes. with uh, Jude Li- Law and Blake Lively. Yeah. I think when we read the description from this book on the New York Times bestsellers list, it said, like, uh, tries to put her life together after her friends died in a plane crash. And I was like, okay, uh, this is like an out for revenge, like, real gritty, born identity, atomic blonde kind of vicious and thing I, I actually think that the reason why we remember this one is because it was supposed to come out in 2019 oh okay i'm pretty sure we we talked about this Maybe. one as as page to screen 2019 it, it looks like uh like more aligned with the girl with the dragon tattoo yeah than the uh i don't know like the coming of age story i thought it was from that new york times yeah. description so there's that one Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan are in Just Mercy. I saw a trailer for this as well. I did too. And it looks it looks like it'd be an upsetting story, but yeah. uh, the powerful true story from lawyer, activist, and writer Brian Stevenson tells the shocking tale of Walter McMillan, a black man with a white girlfriend who gets framed for murder. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The, so we already covered the rhythm section. Yeah. I'm not particularly looking forward to The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. That's going to be Hulu? Is it? Uh, I haven't heard. The Woman in the Window, well, maybe I'm wrong, but it has Amy Adams as the main character. That's the thing. That's the thing that I'm just like, ugh, I don't like that casting. Like It sort of makes sense, but Amy Adams just did Sharp Objects, you know, mm-hmm. which is another of this sort of, yeah. you know, dark yeah. mystery genre. And so to have her turn around and, and When's do Kate Beckinsale going to get her I think woman I drinks gone, a little bit too much yeah. and witnesses something? I think she's made like 30 of those movies, <laughs> but... Yeah, I think I would have gone a little older than Amy Adams, just oh. a different type. I I don't think older. Yeah, I don't think. But anyway, I did enjoy this book very much. Uh, that's that's coming out at some point oh, this, this year. Joe Wright directed Hana. I never saw Hana. Wasn't great. Atonement. I, I heard is good. I'm curious Julian about. Moore. Yeah, Gary Oldman. I'm, how does he see? They can't. I don't. I don't know if the if the Amazon Jack Ryan series has sort of bolstered. Um, the belief that it's possible to make uh, yeah. Tom Clancy Strange. movies, but they are doing an adaptation of Without Remorse. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be um, Michael B. Jordan as John Clark. So John Clark, um, I don't know, was kind of a side Nothing, character yeah. in, in the uh, Jack Ryan stories. He's been in, I think he's in, is he in Rainbow Six? John Clark? Could he is. I was 19 okay. when I read that well, book. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> That it's, it's, was a long time ago. It's set in that universe. But um, not not a part of that. But anyway, uh, Michael B. Jordan's playing John Clark, an ex-Navy SEAL turned CIA type who's hell-bent on vengeance after his girlfriend is murdered by a drug kingpin in Baltimore. Mm. So who knows? I don't really think there's a you market for Tom Clancy movies. I did see that happen on The Wire. Did you? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I mean, I think I'm the only one who liked that Chris Pine, Jack Ryan movie. Yeah, I'm not sure Keira Knightley did either. I don't think she did. No. no. Nobody liked the Ben Affleck one. That I'm sure of. 
No. So that was, yeah, that was like 2002. But I'll tell you what, I saw yeah. both of those movies in theaters. Mm. The Ben Affleck one and the Chris Pine. So yeah. maybe I have you to see this. You love Jack Ryan. But I haven't seen the uh, Jim Helpert version of it. What's his real name? The Office. John Krasinski. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Death of the Nile by Agatha Christie comes out in October. Mm. Um, so this is a sequel to the 2017 Murder on the Orient Express. So you got Kenneth Branagh playing. Which weirdly I have not seen. Perot- to this day I have not Perot- seen this movie. Again, yeah. That's fine. If you yeah. know the ending to Orient I don't. Express. Oh, okay. I don't. Well, that's fine. I don't. Okay. You think I'd like it? Uh, Maybe. Okay. I don't know. All right. Well, thanks, it was for, okay. thanks I, for considering. It had a lot of weird green screen mm-hmm. and a lot of time for uh, Ray, Ray, the actress Ray. Mm, she yes. plays Ray. Help me. Uh, Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley, whom I'm yet to convince is going to have much of a career outside of Star Wars. Yeah. So, is she? What was she in before? Nothing. I, I, oh. don't, I don't think. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer was good in Death Ooh. or um, Orient Express. Yeah. Yeah. I love Michelle Pfeiffer. She's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, Amy Adams is also going to be in the adaptation of Hillbilly Elegy. Oh yeah, that's which happening. Was, do you remember that? That was that was yeah, that's that was a memoir. The, that was one of the most gifted books according yeah. to Amazon. Absolutely, and it was uh, on the nonfiction bestseller list mm-hmm. forever. Yeah, not quite where the crawdads sing. Yeah. time, but a very long time. Yeah. but I think that's a, that's. I just drive thing. around with my window down, and I get the idea. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you one that I am kind of excited about. Oh jeez, Rebecca. They're remaking uh, Rebecca with uh, Lily James and, and Army Hammer. Sorry, I'm no, I'm just okay. Uh, yeah, have you ever seen the original, like the Hitchcock Rebecca? No. It's got a really nice, like eerie vibe. Mm. You know, it's not it's not scary, but it just it's very it just gets you. I don't know. Okay, it gets under your skin, I guess. Right. And the recent, the other one that's based on the novel by Daphne du Maurier. Um, the one with Rachel Wise that just came out. My cousin Rachel, I think it's called. Uh-huh. Same same kind of vibe, you know. You're just kind of okay. like, what is the deal with right. this? But anyway, yeah, they're they're making a new Rebecca. So, mm. see what you think about that. Are you excited? I mean, I'll meet the new Rebecca. You will. But she's probably same as the old Rebecca. Yeah, maybe. And I maybe. won't get fooled again. You got. <laughs> crazy. You got any others on here that you're interested in? Uh, Sorry, I got to in? not frame it that way. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. What else is coming out? They... Did you know that they're adapting uh, Lee Bardugo's stuff, the Shadow and Bone trilogy? I did not. Who's uh, Ben Barnes and some yep. Broadway producer? Yep. I don't know what that is. Yep. Um, yes, re- I Still Love You, which is the sequel to All the Boys I Loved Before, oh. is uh, coming to Netflix because that was a Netflix movie. Interesting. So that's cool. That's a YA book. Uh-huh. Um, Stephen King, apparently The Outsider. Yeah, The Outsider is getting an HBO series. Yeah, with, with Jason, Jason Bateman. Yeah. That's the thing. Like the and previews look good, but I found that book so disturbing that I stopped. And so. Ben Mendelsohn. I don't know why they. This this article is saying Ben Mendelsohn from Bloodline. Oh, but that's not interesting. I mean, at this point, he's just in lots of other stuff. Right. Yeah. Pretty pretty prominent. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could watch yeah. that. Agatha Christie has another thing happening. Really? The Pale Horse. I don't know that one. Uh, it is coming to, can tell you, uh, BBC. Okay. Oh. Henry Lloyd Hughes from Killing Eve, Bertie Carville from Dr. Foster, Sean Putrie from Elementary, and uh, other people hmm. are in this movie. Starts with a curious letter found in the shoe of a dead woman. I mean, it's a good hook. Yeah. It's a good start. I often leave postcards in my shoes. And then die? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. That was the trick is don't put a stamp on them. 
And then you, it's somebody else's problem. Yes, that's true. Do you have? Do any of these seem like they're going to be like it? They're going to be a big deal. It's this is a weak list. I think it is a weak list as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I, I mean, I looked at several lists to try to like mm-hmm. get the cream of the crop, and it just seems like maybe it's not well, the year for it. At every like Christmas when we're traveling, I have my wife go online while I drive, and she goes through all the movies that are going to come out that year. Mm-hmm. And she did it this year, and I was just left very underwhelmed mm. and uh, not not too thrilled. Mm. So uh, I, I don't know what twenty twenty is going to do. So again, who knows? Two thousand one almost as bad as two thousand. Really, Cats and Dogs, Jurassic Park three, uh, maybe Fast and the Furious one. Hmm. It was just it was a rough year. Okay, for movies. Do you got a favorite year for movies? You keep throwing all these bad ones out there. Oh yeah, I love uh, two thousand two was pretty good. Okay, uh, we had Spider Man, we had Attack of the Clones, which at the time was a good time in the theater. You know, there was a time when that was my favorite. And then, but then once you walked out, you know. Uh, Men in Black Two was was kind of fun. There were eight like for, anyway, two thousand two was good. Two thousand three was pretty fun, mm-hmm. depending on uh, what you like. Nineteen ninety seven is a killer year too. So hmm. ninety three was like a big year for the box office, wow. not just because of Jurassic Park, but other things. Exciting times, yeah. Exciting <laughs> times in the world. Nineteen eighty six, I was born. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen eighty six, huh? Yeah, so long ago. Okay, eighty three, weird, weirdly long Mr. time ago. Eighty three over I'm here. fine with it though. I'm comfortable with it. Are you? Yeah, I'm also good. With yeah. Are you really? I'm I'm good. Are you? Yeah. So say your age out loud. I. This is the decade I'm turning forty. This oh. decade I'll turn forty years old. Me too. Old. That's a decade though. I know, but it just kind of like shocked me to think about that. Like, oh, in 2026, I'm turning forty years old. That's not long from now. I know. Yeah. Don't think I didn't I'm know. Only, I'm three years. I started away. having my midlife crisis uh, yeah. New Year's Eve. Okay, you started having your midlife okay. crisis like four years ago. <laughs> okay. So let's just let's just pack that yeah. away for now. Thirty was my midlife crisis. <laughs> I guess so. Oh, darn. All right. Well, at um, least I don't have to live to seventy. Yeah. Get what about that. regarding Henry? I mean, I know he what? didn't. I know he didn't I like the guy. I know he's he didn't. Fine. Di- I know he didn't direct it, but J.J. Abrams wrote regarding Henry. What is that? With Harrison Ford? No. He no gets idea. shot in the head, and then it's suddenly nice. <laughs> okay. Harrison Ford? Yeah. Is that how they got him to come back for I Star Wars? So. <laughs> he got shot in the head. Yeah, I, I like, guess. Yeah. All right, I'll come back for Star Wars. Wait, he also wrote. J.J. Abrams also wrote Forever Young, like the the Mel Gibson vehicle hmm. forever young you know what there is wow. another page to screen adaptation thank you for reminding me jj abrams wrote armageddon like bruce willis armageddon yeah that's insane yeah um another page to screen adaptation that's this year crazy. coming out it's actually like a kid's film call call the wild starring okay. harrison ford and yes. a cgi dog so doesn't look good at all oh that's right call the Wild. when i when i saw call the wilds starring harrison ford i'm like oh this could be fun um, but then I saw the trailer. I'm like, oh, this is for children and people who aren't creeped out by CGI dogs with like <laughs> eyebrows to express. And it's just like, I didn't, I didn't, I don't get it. I don't get why you put all that money in to make a CGI dog yeah. for a film nobody's going to go see. Yeah. So maybe I'll be wrong, but it does not look good. Especially because if you put Harrison Ford in a movie yeah. about a man and his dog, yeah. but there's not an actual dog, it's a CGI dog. So you know that Harrison Ford is just acting by himself. What's, to be fair, the warmth? Harrison Ford's just been acting by himself yeah, since 1994. But like, when Chewbacca is there yeah. and like holding his head and patting that's him true. down, that's fun. I don't know. It's just you don't go see a dog movie because you want to see a CGI. It's a true. Bad it's a CGI very dog. weird choice. You want to see like a real dog. Did they learn nothing from The Lion King? That's my question. <laughs> well, that movie it was like the second highest grossing movie of the year. Really? Yeah. Oh, I hated that. Sorry, man. It's so bad and so yeah. dumb and so boring. Sorry, man. It's Trump's America. <laughs> That's two. (laughs) All right. I think that's going to do it for this week on the Elder Book Show. You put me in a bad mood now. Because of The Lion King? No. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week, everyone. Well, that's it? Yes. Hold on. Other movies made money. That's done. Other movies. Goodbye. Goodbye.